0: Tappers, what's up? It is another edition of the Daily Tap Podcast. It is Wednesday, March 17th. Hope everybody is doing well. We got a great show today. We're gonna talk about the three fake narratives going on in the Wisconsin sports media happening now. They have been created out of thin air. We'll talk about all three of them. We'll diagnose them. We'll wonder where it started, if it's gonna continue, and do we even are able to put an end to it? We'll talk about Buck Sixers a little bit. We'll also talk about Andy Dalton to the Chicago Bears. And we'll have a Chuck's Corner on St. Patrick's Day, as today is St. Patrick's Day when we tape. Although I know not all of you will list, listen on St. Patty's Day. I have a Chuck's Corner for it. It's a prelude to a new segment that i will probably debut sometime this week. I don't know if it'll be Thursday or Friday, but... We do have a new segment coming out that I'm very excited for, one of those end of the week sort of things, end of the show things that I think you guys are going to love. So we'll get excited for that, but we're gonna start out with the fake sports narratives. So you might ask yourself, Charlie, what is a fake sports narrative? Did you pull this thing out of thin air? I can't really call it an FSN because that's what formerly the where the Brewers and Bucks played, But it is a fake sports narrative. And what a fake sports narrative is, is something that just sort of gets pulled out of thin air. That doesn't really have a basis point. That you can't like trace it back to the root. There is no root. It just kind of starts and it grows. It's almost like a weed, right? If you're a gardener or you're familiar with weeds, maybe a landscaper, weeds just kind of pop out of nowhere. All of a sudden, then you have multiple weeds and then there you go. And that kind of is what these are. They are like stories, that storylines that are just kind of made so they can generate clicks, they can generate stories, they can generate podcast topics, but they don't really have a strong basis. And I'm noticing it more often, and I don't know if it's just the time of year or I'm becoming a little smarter with this type of stuff. But it just seems more prevalent in the Wisconsin media to kind of have these fake narratives. So there are two that are happening that kind of simultaneously in two different sports, one in football, one in basketball. And then I have one in college basketball that I think is gonna kind of pop up as the week goes on. So we're gonna get ahead of it early. But let's start with football and let's start with Robert Tanya. So all of a sudden today, Robert Tanyan gets offered a tender. It's a two-year tender, and all this, two, a second-round tender. Very smart move by the Packers. It likely means that Robert is gonna get re-signed. They're gonna likely work on a, maybe a bigger deal for Robert Tanyan. It doesn't seem like he is going anywhere. But all of a sudden, a variety of Packer journalists started to basically create this story that... Tanyan is going to be on the trading block, and that people are going to make a move for Tanyan, and that the Packers are taking a large risk by putting Tanyan as a second round tender. When in reality, it's not that it's it, it's not that risky. Second, uh, giving up a second round pick for a talented tight end is not a lot of teams do that. You don't see that often. If a guy maybe a fourth or fifth rounder, sure but really would someone trade away their second round pick for a tight end? I realized the tight end market is gone. Like John John New Smith and Hunter Henry both signed with the New England Patriots. There isn't much left in that tight end market. But at the same time, is this really going to happen? So I like tried to like find out where this story came from and it was really just talking on the internet and all of a sudden it kind of became a thing. And that's what I mean, like it's a weed. Like it started with one person suggesting like, oh, this might be risky for the Packers. And then everybody started talking about it. And it's like, are you guys just bored? Like, what's the, what do you have a source? Like, is there a source that's telling you, like source close to me says like, there are going to be teams interested in Tanyan, even though he has a second round tender, that they're going to put Green Bay's foot to the fire and make him sign it. And they're okay with giving up their second round pick. Is that a story you actually have? No? Then what then why are we even talking about it? Then why is it even being brought up? You can theorize maybe, but it, it just seems so far out there, right? And and that's where it doesn't make sense. And that's where I I don't understand why this became a topic this afternoon. Because it's like, all right, are you really, you know, now a local radio show host, and this is how it grows, it's how it's become bigger. Local radio show host is trying to prep for tomorrow, and they'll see that, like, what would you do if Robert Tanya got traded? Like, that to me is more of a conversation. Like, if I'm doing a podcast, right, and I am sort of looking at this and saying, would the Packers explore an option to trade Robert Tanya? I would say that, yeah, there are some opportunities there, right? You have Josiah DeGuerra, you have Jay Sternberger, you have Dominique Daphne. You are pretty loaded at the tight end position. There are a few tight ends in the draft that fit what the Packers want to do. You could make a case for being okay with letting Robert Tanyan go. And on top of that, you get another second round pick, which will only help you draft and develop, whether it's another tight end or another position of need, whether it's cornerback, or middle linebacker, interior lineman, or offensive lineman. Like, there are cases to be made. But instead, we're just theorizing that people are gonna be knocking down the door. I get Robert Tanyan's good. I love Robert Tanyan. And I realize I've been pronouncing his name wrong for the whole podcast, Tanyan. Robert Tanyan. Um, And the fact of the matter is, is like, i'm not i don't none of this is not a this is not a news story it's not a news story so why are we treating it as such and and it's it's really out of boredom but that's that's what they do so my recommendation on that one is ignore it it's not really a story and just sort of start thinking through maybe the packers would trade tanyan but it's highly unlikely And if they have an offer or teams are interested, then let's have a fucking discussion. But until that's sourced out, I don't want to hear it. Let's do the fake one before we go back to the real one because the real one will lead right into uh, topic number two. One that I can see developing that isn't there is, well, you know, the Badgers have won as a eight or nine seed before against really good opponents in the past. And they've... You know, shock the world that it wouldn't be the first time. That is true, but look, every year is different. <laughs> every year in college, especially in college sports, is completely different. We cannot have that sort of theory. Could it happen? Do Badgers have the senior leadership to get to a Sweet Sixteen? Perhaps, but I'd be fucking stunned. I'll be honest; like, I'm not a big Badger fan. I think you guys probably know that by now. But I would be. Floored if Wisconsin went to the Sweet 16. They're 0 7 against Ken Palm top 25 teams this year. They have not beat a good team all year. Their best win is probably at Maryland. They are not good. It's I'm sorry, like they're just not a good team. They'll hopefully next year they'll be able to retool. You'll be able to get rid of Brad Davidson, who I think there's a lot he's holding back. To Johnny Davis as the world like. I think Badger fans are going to be so much more madder at Brad Davidson next year when Brett, when Davis is, or when, yeah, Johnny Davis, Davis, Davison, you know, get that gets tangled up easily. Davis is just going off, and he's awesome, and he was held back all year by Davison. But anyways, I just don't see it, and I don't know if this narrative has started, but I, I know that people will bring up, well, they beat Villanova, they beat Arizona years ago when... I, that's actually a great Chuck's Corner one time about how that was my first real foray into betting and I got myself into some real trouble and I don't even really know how I got myself out of it. I think I just stopped talking about it. Oh, fuck, let's just tell a story. It's kind of a loose podcast anyways. So I was, I really didn't like, that was like my first like real, like I didn't like the Badgers and I was about fifth grade. I was one of the only kids who didn't really like the Badgers and I bet somebody like a dollar that the Badgers would get to the, w- wouldn't win their first game. They won. I kept doubling or nothing with this guy, Charlie, who has since passed RIP. Um, but him and I, him and I kept, I kept betting. I kept doubling down. I kept doubling down. And then I think at one point I was probably up to like 50 bucks. And as a thought, as a fifth grade, as a 10 year old, I'm like, fuck what the hell am I gonna do? And I don't really even remember, like it it might've been less than that. I might've been over dramaticizing it. But like, I remember feeling, I was in like a deep hole when they made the final four. And then I don't know if we bet again with Michigan State and I was like, they're not, Michigan State's winning this game. And I was like, all right. And I I think part of it was because I really liked that Arizona team. I was a huge fan of Arizona back in the day. Uh, My cousins were from tucson so i kind of had a kinship with arizona i loved you know jason gardner luke walton i think richard jefferson was on that team i mean that i really liked that arizona team and they just came up short and they were not good in that game and it was a stunning upset and i think that i haven't looked at that wisconsin 2000 wisconsin team and compared them to 2021 But I will say that I would feel pretty confident about making a sizable bet that Wisconsin doesn't get to the Final Four. Could they get to the Sweet 16? Maybe. I don't know if I would bet against that. Let's just put it that way. Like, I, I think there's always some devil magic brewing with the Badgers. Really, ever since they knocked off Kentucky, I am never going to take this team, undefeated Kentucky, I'm never going to take... The Badgers and March for granted. The Bronson Koenig shots another one. I love that Xavier team. I remember being really fond of them and then Bronson Koenig wrecking shit in the, at the very last minute of that game was all I needed, right? So I'm never gonna doubt Wisconsin, but I I'm very dubious of people who think Wisconsin can sort of make magic happen yet again just because they've done it at the eight or nine line. So our last sort of fake sports narrative in the Wisconsin media, or Wisconsin—I don't even know if it's the media. It's like with the Twitter world, or it's just a fake sports narrative. Let's just put it that way. It, Giannis Antetokounmpo cannot win a third MVP because of his playoff performance. Where where is this coming from? Is this driven by Stephen A? Like I started googling it because I've seen it a couple times. I saw it tonight even. And I was like, all right, let me like Google like Giannis playoff performance, whatever. It's a lot of articles from September, of course, saying how LeBron deserved the MVP and the aura with LeBron, you know how it goes. And, but I couldn't find anything from this year being like, okay, because Giannis struggles in the playoffs, we can't give him the MVP. Where the who's, who the fuck's talking about this? Is it, it The only thing is, is it's like a Stephen A thing and I'm, I've completely missed it or Kendrick Perkins. And if it is, all right, whatever. They have shows to do. They have clicks to get. They have views to get. No one's going to take playoff failure into consideration. It is a regular season award. And the people who vote on the MVP know that. They are much smarter for the most part than the people who are talking on podcasts, on Twitter, on anything else. I don't think that this is something to worry about. Now, is it a convenient excuse for Bucks fans to make because they haven't reconciled with the fact that no one wins three straight MVPs? Now, I I know what I said yesterday. I said I I want it. I said I'm all in. I'm more in about the MVP than I was three fucking weeks ago. But... I do, let's circle back to the fact that, yeah, Larry Bird's the last guy to do it. It was was through the mid-80s. Hasn't happened since 1987. I wasn't even born, okay? So to act like it's the playoffs versus it's the, they don't give MVP awards to the same guy three straight years is ignorant. It really is. It's dumb. It's not... And, and if you can find where this started, again, where we can find the root of this, I would love to. And if it's just one person saying it, if it's like Coward, he's another one that kind of hates Giannis at times. If it's Coward, that's just ignore that. And, and, and don't make it your own narrative because it's not a narrative. It's a regular season award. They care about regular season performance. Playoff failures have nothing to do with it. And if they did, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have three MVPs. Now, granted, he's had them in different years, not back to back to back, but Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have three MVPs either. Tom Brady would be the MVP every fucking year. That was kind of a shot at Rodgers. That was mean. I'm sorry, Aaron. As we were talking about the Bucks, we might as well talk about Bucks Sixers tonight at uh, Wells Fargo Center, I believe, in Philadelphia. ESPN on the call. We will, I'm sure, get quite the unbiased approach about the Sixers and the Bucs. I'm sure, Bucks Twitter will be respectful and kind as they always are. Now the Sixers had to hold on tonight for dear life against the New York Knicks, winning ninety nine to 99 to ninety six. I gotta say, I was impressed with New York tonight. I thought after the Brooklyn game, they would kind of be washed out, kind of not really wanting to play this one. It was far from that. They were fully engaged, ready to go, ready to go tonight and had a had a lead for a good part of this game. I mean, they led in the they led pretty much into the middle part of that fourth quarter and then Tobias Harris got hot at the very end, finished with 30 points leading all scorers. Seth Curry also had 20. So, this Sixers team is a lot different than the one that I think a lot of Bucks fans hoped to see a few weeks ago. They hoped it was going to be this Embiid versus Giannis MVP duel, we've seen a lot of great matchups between the Bucks and the Sixers. The Bucks have had the upper hand in the last year. The Bucks have done all right against Doc Rivers' teams um, as well in the last few when Doc was the Clippers coach. So I thought, you know, this could could favor the Bucks. Now you look at this game, they're a five and a half point favorite Milwaukee is, which I think is ridiculous, honestly. I I do not think the Bucs should be favored by that much against the Sixers team who's playing really well, but maybe this is the sign that, oh yeah, by the way, they haven't really played anybody special since Embiid has been out with an injury. They've beaten the Wizards, they've beaten the Spurs, and they beat the Knicks, Spurs are all right, but and then they also beat the Bulls. I should add because Embiid had uh, it was still a health and safety protocol thing. So they they haven't really beat anybody at the Bucks level. The Bucks are are playing really well. I mentioned in very short on the podcast yesterday that this is a no win situation for the Bucks. The Bucks are absolutely fucked. No matter any which way you cut this game, Bucks pull out the Sixers. All the narrative will be, well, they didn't have Embiid. Let's wait and see. They'll play again in, a- in mid-April. We'll see what happens when Embiid's on the court with Giannis. We'll see if they get blown out again. So that, that's what that'll happen. If the Bucs win a close game, they go down the stretch and they win a very tight game. Well, if Embiid was there, you know, Bucks wouldn't have won that game. Embiid would have closed it out. He would have beat the Bucs. If Sixers win, it's like, well, what's gonna happen when Embiid's on the court? And so it all will focus around Joel Embiid. It's not fair to the Bucs. It's actually really not fair to the 76er team, especially if they win. They beat a good Bucks team. I do think that this gets into that chart of signature wins for Milwaukee, though, regardless of Embiid or not, because Philly's 18-3 and at home. They defend their home court very well. I think it is important for the Bucs, if maybe they will see the Sixers in the playoffs, to at least feel comfortable winning in this gym. I don't know why that matters, but I feel like it does. I feel like it's important for teams to know they can win at a certain gym. Take the Badgers, for example, who we just covered. They struggle mightily at the arena they're playing at. Uh, for their first tournament game at Mackey Arena. That's not a place they play well at. That haunts you a little bit. That sticks with you. If you get blown out in this gym without Embiid, you're going to think about it. It's going to stick with you, especially if you have an extra day off, right? So I think it does matter for Milwaukee to win this game, especially because you're also two and a half back from the one seed, and you haven't been able to penetrate it at all. Because Brooklyn keeps winning. They've won four straight games. They're not one back because Brooklyn didn't play tonight either. And the Bucs now two and a half back with the Sixers leading the division. So if you can win this game, now you're one and a half back. We'll see what Brooklyn does in this one. Brooklyn and them may be tied. I'm sure they play on Wednesday. On, on Wednesday and look. But now you kind of start biting into that one seed. Now, whether you want the one seed or not, I don't even know. And that's probably a conversation Mitch and I need to have at some point. But the Bucks can establish dominance and say they are still the guys. And I, I think Brooklyn's the team to beat, don't get me wrong. And I, I forgot to even mention my Brooklyn thing yesterday. I was going to, I said it in the open and then I realized I never did. The thing that scares me the most about Brooklyn, just really quick, is they get every foul call. How the fuck are teams supposed to beat them when they get every foul call? I I really, I do not know, and it scares the shit out of me, that the Bucs are just going to get jobbed by the referees. And I don't want to think that way, it's really early to go to negative town with that, but it, oh man, it was bad against the Knicks. It was really bad against New York. But I, back to Buck sixers yes. It's a no-win for the Bucs. There's no possible outcome that works out well for Milwaukee. I, I do think, though, and maybe the only one is if you like beat them by 30. Because even if you do have Embiid, are you really only, you're really probably only losing by 15. So maybe it's that. But I, I do still think this game matters for the Bucks' confidence. And keep it rolling. And if they win again... That would be their 10th win in 11 tries, which would be absurd. And I do expect a decent amount of hype around the Bucks if there's no NFL news stories to break. And one that broke today that was bigger than all the rest was Andy Dalton is coming to the Chicago Bears. So after the Chicago Bears were wanting Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, they instead got Andy Dalton. We kind of laughed about this yesterday. It came to fruition today. Now, some people are wondering, well, why is Andy Dalton getting shit on? Classic player empowerment. Like, you know, Andy Dalton's kind of good, right? Well, a couple things. One, I think we all saw Andy Dalton last year. Andy Dalton really didn't make that Dallas team any better. He had a good receivers. He had, you know, Michael Gallup. He had Amari Cooper. He had cd Lamb, like he had very talented receivers, and yet the Cowboys were a complete dumpster fire. And yeah, it's not necessarily about Dalton, though. Like Ross Tucker is like, why are people shitting on Dalton? Ross Tucker is a loser. Um, but he was like, you know, Ross, do you ever think it's we're just kind of shitting on the fact the Bears were like all in on Wilson and Watson and they ended up with Andy Dalton? that we're more laughing at the Bears, the team versus the player. I think, I feel bad that Andy Dalton's catching the shrapnel, but the Bears were expecting to finally get their quarterback, to finally get their version of Aaron Rodgers that they have lacked for literally their entire franchise career. They have not had a franchise quarterback since Jay Cutler, and Jay Cutler isn't even probably in the franchise quarterback discussion jay court jay cutler doesn't make the quarterbacks club okay like jay cutler is not in that elite class and the bears just continue to run over their dick when it comes to quarterback play so i am not that's what we're laughing at we're laughing at the fact that the bears just can't figure the fuck out so don't come at us with this like Oh, Andy Dalton made the Pro Bowl a bunch. And here's the other thing about Andy Dalton. And here's another thing. Here's another thing about Andy Dalton to consider. They, he cannot win in primetime. He's a terrible primetime quarterback. He's one of the worst primetime quarterbacks of all time. And, oh, by the way, he hasn't won a fucking playoff game. So, like, if Andy Dalton was... Okay, in, in primetime games and one maybe one playoff game, I think we could at least have some conversation around this is, is this a good pickup for the Bears, but he did not elicit a ton of confidence when he was quarterback in the Dallas Cowboys last season. I look forward to seeing Andy and Aaron battle it out. I think Aaron will will have the upper hand, but it's good to see the Bears are still the Bears. All right, let's wrap up today's show with a Chuck's Corner. So it is St. Patrick's Day when I tape. It is March 17th. And I am never going to shame anyone for going out today. I'm never going to shame anyone for, it's like some people say this is amateur hour. This and New Year's Eve are the biggest, you know, fake drinking holidays of the year. If you like to go out and drink on St. Patrick's Day, more power to you, okay? Okay. More power to you. I I hate the idea that we have amateur hours. I just, I think it's so stupid. Like, drink whenever you want. Like, oh, it's amateur hour because you get drunk on a random Tuesday at the bar? Fucking sweet, dude. Congrats. Sounds more like alcoholism than anything else. Like, there's nothing wrong with celebrating a holiday out and about with your friends and having a good fucking time doing it. Green beer is fun. The Irish food, I'm a huge Reuben guy. I'm a corned beef guy. It's myself, obviously. I like Reuben's. I like corned beef. It's not that hard to figure out. Uh, Good Irish stew every now and again is all right. Like, bangers and mash, not really Irish, but it's in that same ballpark. Love a good bangers and mash. So, like, there's nothing wrong with celebrating today, especially if you are Irish. And if you're not Irish, who cares? But I hate this idea that we have to sort of say, all right, you're an amateur if you go out this day. That it's only a day for the amateur drinkers of the world. Why? Why do we do this? Why do we box ourselves in? We shouldn't. If we wanna go out tonight today, go ahead, do it. And if you wanna go drink, guinness and you're not really a guinness guy so what do it have a good time maybe have you're you're a bourbon guy but you're gonna drink some Tully tonight cool awesome so like but i feel like we all are like one thing or another like we can't just be across the board like people are snobby like this with craft beer right where you they're telling you about the sick IPA they're drinking or the sour that they fucking love. When really, you know what? It's kind of cool sometimes just to crush Miller Lights. All right? And sometimes it's just easier. Because let me tell you, drinking like 10 sours, you're going to feel fucking sick in the morning. Guess what? If you have a few and then you then you go to the Miller Lights, you're going to be just fine. You're not going to have any problems. So... We need to stop boxing ourselves in when it comes to drinking. Do whatever the fuck you want. Don't let anyone tell you differently. If you're worried that there are going to be quote unquote amateurs out, find a bar that might not be an amateur bar. Uh, look, I, I love our friends at the Harp. I love I love our friends at Trinity, but those are amateur bars on, on, on St. Patrick's Day. There are also bars that bring old people. I don't know if I've told this story because I probably didn't want to get shamed, but now we're well past it, so fuck it. I was at the Harp the few days after they canceled everything. So after they canceled like the NBA and conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, but life was still kind of going on as normal. We hadn't hit the lockdown yet. Some places were at home at this point, but... I went out that night, that day with a buddy uh, to Pottawatomie, of all places. We just decided, there was like no sports on. We're like, what the fuck are we going to do? So we went up to Pottawatomie. I ended up making like over $200 that day. Just ridiculous day at Pottawatomie. Then I, we went to the Harp. And so it's, it's two days before St. Patrick's Day. I think St. Patrick's Day was on a Tuesday of last year. And like... We hear all about how coronavirus is bad for old people. We barely had any idea what COVID was. And yet there were a lot of boomers out. And there were a lot of old people that were just ripping it up, having a good time at the harp. And we got loaded that night. And did I feel bad the next day? Absolutely. Felt like a sh- I was doom scrolling. I had to like, take a break from my phone because everybody made me feel like a piece of shit. Even though I didn't tell anybody, I went out last night. I am not a I'm not a big Instagram like post out like, oh yeah, here is me ripping shots. I am like yeah, thirty two. I can't can't be doing that. But still, it Har- even though harp is a quote unquote amateur, there are a lot of older people that head to the harp on this day. So yeah, maybe loaded slates another one. Probably don't go there, but like a place like Champions, right, uh, which right on Bartlett, it was an Irish bar. Go there, they're gonna be all right. If you want to go out a little bit, lefts maybe a little amateur-y, but be all right. O'Sullivan's, if it's still around, I have no idea if if Sully's is still there. I love Sully's. If, you, if Coach is there, you tell him I say hi. Or not, Coach. It's Bud. Sorry, it's Bud. That's bad. My Sully's guys are gonna kill me for that if they they listen. And the last thing I I will just say, oh no, we're gonna do something before that. So then the other thing I wanted to bring in is I have a segment that's coming out at some point. We're gonna call it the East Side Chronicles. I'm part of the East Side Facebook group. I'm not going to name names at all, but they are just too much good content not to fucking share. So today we had a guy that said, just a reminder To anyone thinking about painting the bar scene green tomorrow. The pandemic still, all caps, isn't over. No shame in drinking at home. Now this guy is a COVID doom and gloomer to the highest degree. And it's really rude of him not to think about small businesses in this case. And I will say why not support the bars on this day. They didn't get a St. Patrick's Day last, last year. And this guy getting on his fucking high horse and having to tell people like, hey, go out there and not go out to the bars. You can go out to the bars. The bars are actually pretty fucking safe right now. I know that no one wants to hear that. No one wants to tell you that. But they make everybody sit down. Everybody's wearing masks when they're walking around. They're not wearing them when they're drinking, obviously. It's kind of hard to fucking do that. But it's not like this cesspool of people. They keep pretty good capacity limits. I I was at a I was at bars all afternoon. Now, granted, I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah, no big deal. Whatever. We don't need to talk about it. But hey, if you get an opportunity, take your vaccine, get it. So we can all just do this normal ass shit again. But the fact is, is like I never felt unsafe. And I wouldn't have felt unsafe if I hadn't been vaccinated. They, they all do a good job of keeping everybody safe. These bar owners deserve a ton of credit for all the work that they've done. And in a lot of ways, they've had to make more sacrifices than a lot of industries here, not only in the state of Wisconsin, but all across the United States. It's why Dave Portnoy did the Barstool Fund, right? How many bars and restaurants has they have they done and, and were impacted by that sort of thing? So, I really don't care that someone's like, oh, stay inside, the pandemic still isn't over. Look, man, the numbers are trending the wrong way and I I know you like your house. You can get out and live a little bit. There are rules in place. It's not like like people are gonna be hanging from the fucking walls at red, white, and blue tomorrow or going out to Brady Street and just living it up and it's like Brady Street days out there. Just people have such a warped sense of reality. And I think there are people like this guy who would like to stay inside for the rest of eternity. And the last thing I'll say, just really quickly, just be safe out there. If you are gonna go out there tonight or today, just be safe. I I had a guy I knew in college who passed away around this time. It's never, never a fun memory. I That to me is why I... St. Patrick's Day always—it's not—it's not the holiday. I think for me, as it is for others, because I—I always do remember Kyle and R.I.P. to him, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about him today, and I sure am. And just be careful, okay? So be safe, and because uh, we want you listening to listen the podcast, and we want you—want you still around. So we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk Bucks Sixers, obviously. Uh, we'll see if the Packers make any moves. Uh, maybe a little brewer roster talk, Travis Shaw officially on the team. Um, talk a little bit about that as well as some other potential add-ons. Oh, that, Garrett, Garrett Mitchell would have been another good fake sports narrative. Didn't even think about that. What can you do? All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself a great day and we'll be back tomorrow. All right. See you. Bye.